when you listen to the show, if we are wrong or we don't know what we're talking about, that is perfectly fine. And you can correct us anywhere you want on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook. You can find us at Not A Historian Podcast or at Not Historians. That's fine because we just jump on the internet, go to the library, talk to people, watch some interviews, and do the basic research we can just to show that two average Joes can do it. Exactly. We're not historians. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Well, maybe he walked around with jelly beans. That's what it is. Maybe he walked around with jelly I think beans so. I think he, and he was at the crime scene and stuff and be like, nah, see, nah, I got these jelly beans, see, nah. We're just two dudes that came up with an idea and we said we should know more about the everyday world around us, like why are beer bottles the shape they are. In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the, anyone, anyone, the Great Depression. Get ready to take notes, boys and girls. It's another edition of the Not Historians Podcast, with your hosts, Desmond Dunn and Shalom Agulavin. Let's get going then. Uh, let's see, what do we, we got a song for this one, the Bushido Way? Um, hmm. Not yet? All right. Oh, Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. That was my attempt at the Kill Bill theme, you know, in there. The the soundtrack. Yeah, I kind of... Kill Bill? Is Kill Bill your samurai movie? Is that your go-to? I mean, it it is not. No Kurosawa? Just straight up? Kurosawa is the classics, but I mean, sometimes I go back to Blade, man. Classic. This is DJ Premier with KRS. So I wish that y'all had seen Kanye this. And At some point in time, we need to go nice. do live shows because, I mean, the classics, the shit that you just did with the head nod and the glasses on was just kind of ridiculous. But it was great. I liked yeah. it. I liked it. I just we're we're to... going to have a live show. We talked about it this morning, remember? We're, well, I don't know if it'll be live, but it'll be recorded. We have a video show. Well, that's what I'm saying. We need to get to that at some point pretty quick. We, we will. We will. We will. We got we to gotta line up all of our... Uh, Coutremonts. But, in the meantime, we are here. Season 2 has officially begun. Season 2. Ring the bell. Ding, 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 ding. School is in session. That is correct. And with your host, Professor Agalaba. <laughs> oh, excuse me. No, I have to go with Professor. My dad is Dr. Agalaba. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, we, are, we are going to be at, at the feet of the master. Wow. The sensei is in the building. As they would say, um, we are going for Bushido. That's the first That's right. episode. Uh, it was going to be episode zero, but it wasn't. So now it's episode one. Episode one, indeed. And it's going to be really good for me, I think, and for you guys, because coming from the outside, from just common world knowledge, watching these movies, reading the comics. Yeah. Uh, you know, like Lone Wolf and Cub. Love Lone Wolf and Cub. So I got those. I love uh, all the samurai movies. I get I get my fix, but it's all pop culture, mass media yeah, stuff, and Shalom doesn't. That's so true. I'm hoping they'll have some now. I've been reading like a monster, mm-hmm. trying to catch up, trying to hope I, I mean, get offer something in these areas. I mean, I feel like you'll be able to offer a lot. Uh, so, so let's just start by asking a couple of questions. I mean, you mentioned pop culture. Sure. Uh, what is your favorite samurai movie? My favorite samurai movie is Shogun Assassin, which is a Lone Wolf and Cub. That is a very good uh, movie. American. It's the first, I think, three of the Lone Wolf and Cub series mm-hmm. combined edited into one movie for American audiences. Nice, nice. But I love Shogun Assassin. What about you? So, 
this might actually surprise you. My favorite movie, and I, and I gotta say, this is with, you know, with a little bit of hesitation, but not much. The Last Samurai. The Last Samurai, okay. Uh, uh, I, mean, I am a Tom Cruise fan, but the, I feel like the movie, I feel like the movie touched on a few things that this season that we'll actually talk about. You know, we'll, we'll talk about the transition between the period in which it was okay to wear swords to the westernization of, of Japan. Well, yeah, we get to the restoration at the end of the Edo period, which, um, to clarify, when we're going to be talking about samurai, weapons, uh, people, these things stretch over a whole history. We're doing kind of like gangsters. We did gangsters last season. We focused on the Prohibition and the Depression. Right. And this season, we're focusing mostly on the Tokugawa Shogunate during the what's called the Edo period, because, of course, they're in Edo at the time. Right. And also a little bit on either side of it with the Meiji and the last of the samurai, like you're talking about. Sure. And a little bit before uh, seeing samurai that come into this era and how they shaped. Yeah. It's what it is today. And there's a whole, you know, culture, history, right. people we aren't going to touch on. I mean, that's that, true. I mean, we'll touch on, but we won't really go in depth enough to make them part of this. So it's really narrowing on samurai in one period. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I don't know if it's fair, but we keep just calling it samurai because samurai is, boom, current day, and, and modern, it, and then this era, and then the era before it. Yeah, and so I think some of that is we're going to, we're going to, there's going to be an amalgamation of, of all of those periods, you know, from the Kamakura period to the, the Edo re- Restoration, then the, or the uh, Restoration period itself. Yeah, the Meiji's going to come Meiji in. Restoration and the, the, uh, <coughs> Not so much colonization, but westernization. Of right, the opening, you know, Admiral Perry's going to show up and yeah. westernize some yeah, Japan. Commodore Perry. Commodore Perry, that's Com- right. Commodore Perry. I, yes. I knew his name. I mean, you did, you did. But uh, my point being that it's a huge undertaking mm-hmm. to look at this whole period. So when we say this, it's it's a generalization. I think you're right in the sense that we're going to be doing it. The reason why I think we both agreed on picking this period is it's the period that we as Americans think of when we think of samurai. That's true. Because before this, samurai were more or less not... Well, they were fighting. Oh, yeah. They were fighting, but they weren't fighting en masse together for unification against each other. They were Maybe one was trying to unify under one daimyo or what have you, or for the emperor. But this is the first successful attempt. Plus, it's the one that all the movies show. It's the one that all the comics show. Yeah. It's the one all TV shows show. This is this is the period. If you were thinking of a samurai in your head right now, I guarantee you, he probably is wearing armor and has weapons from this time period, would follow the code that was general in this time period. Because, again, we're talking about Bushido, which I think Indeed. has the same kind of problem because yeah. it's an umbrella term. It is. And the idea of Bushido itself, from what I understand, now correct me if I'm wrong, comes around towards the end of the 19th century as this unified Japanese idea because Japan as a country is now this unified idea. Because Japan doesn't really exist. I mean, well, it exists, obviously, but it doesn't exist in this form before the Restoration. So once the Restoration comes and samurai find their place in this new culture and everything happens, the idea of Bushido becomes more solid as a unified code. Is that right? I feel like that's correct, yeah. So there are different, just kind of jumping in a little bit now, there, there are, Bushido as a whole is not only the foundation and the framework, it's the found, it's not only the foundation 
of the Japanese principles, the samurai principles. It's the 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 uh, framework, and it's also a living it's a living principle, and I think that's part of what's different between or rather sets this apart from the code of chivalry is. Bushido over time has adjusted itself to where it lends to where it's still in use today. You know, there are still businessmen who practice Bushido. Uh, there are still martial artists practitioners who practice Bushido and, and his concepts. You know, when you, when you get to the root of Bushido, it's a, a set of rules that are, are rather edicts that kind of dictate what you do, how you live daily life. And from what we know about the samurai, uh, to begin with, we know that they're very, they're very rigid in when it comes to following a code, following rules. And if you, or even artwork, if you take for, for example, making tea, and you look at some of the the, tea, the old school videos where they're, uh, yeah, where tea, the tea masters are making are making tea. You know, it's a process. It's not just whereas today we'd see like in, in Starbucks, you see a barista coming in and. You know, okay, touching a couple of buttons on a machine, moving. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they. No, even today, you're coffee, right. Right, but today, but the the point is, the metaphor there was that you see these these tea masters spending time to take the ladle, you know, to add the the tea leaves to the water, you know, to boil the water up and give it time, special time, to actually uh, come to a boil. You know, so those are those things like that. And again, that's another that's proof positive. Bushido is still. It's very much, I think, the mm-hmm. mindset, and it goes back to the culture and the way of thinking. Because all does. cultures have this. I mean, we have it in the Western culture in America. We I think we are a very fast-paced society with the sense of drive-ins, drive-throughs, oh, yeah. uh, fast food, quick entertainment, uh, on-demand. We got all this stuff. Like We want things now in a hurry, fast, to us. And I've actually been a part of a Japanese tea ceremony. I got to experience that. And uh, it is very much a thing where you're supposed to experience it. Right. You know, like, I don't think many people experience McDonald's. Now, if you're particularly hungry or craving, sure, argue with me, whatever. But my point being that there's a difference in getting a quick 99-cent hamburger, throwing it in your face so you can get back to work, and going to a real steakhouse and ordering a steak and smelling it and experiencing hearing the sizzle on the grill and seeing it happen and then having it and you know, just you engage your senses, you engage yourself in the act. What you just described is Bushido. Right, and that's what I'm saying. But that's the difference, I think, that people need to draw. It's not like this is just a really formal way of doing things. No. No one's doing it for the sense of just doing it. Like, when I was a part of this tea ceremony, it, it's almost hypnotic. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, I've only done it one time, and I was, this was my first time, so, of course, I'm not an expert. But, you know, as they're doing it, as they're pouring it, as they're presenting it, as they're making it, you know, because they're sitting there, they, they, you know, they have the green tea, and as they're making the paste, they're making the powder, they're working it, getting it, putting it in there, raising it. It's all very much you're fully engaged. Oh, yeah. The sound of it, the smell of it, the deal. There's nothing else exists right in that moment mm-hmm. while you're watching it. And I think that that's the mindset that you have to think of these people having when uh, I look at Bushido. That's yeah. the way, that's the way I think is the difference isn't just. People being formal and saying, sir, no. and like, I can't do it because of my honor. It's people engaging in life, active living. I agree with that. So sorry. No, that, no. Was my, that was my tangent for the day. I mean, that, that you know what? That's perfect. Again, there are some similarities in which 
you know, Bushido compares to the code of chivalry and it compares to just being, you know, um, I, I don't know what the, what the new American, uh, phrase for it is, being a good Samaritan, that kind of stuff, or being, following the golden rule. So there are, there are definitely a lot of similarities and parallels there, but there are differences in which the level of which you commit to this. And it's not, and like you touched on earlier, it's not, you're not doing it for the sake of doing it. You're doing it because, so I'll give you an example. There was, um, there was a, there was a, an American martial artist who went to Japan. Was his name Steven Seagal? <laughs> it might not have It was, uh, Daryl Maxwell, I do believe is who it is, went to Japan and was studying with some Yai masters, Yaido masters. And Yaido is the art of drawing a sword. You know, um, the sword is out. You're not, you're not starting with the sword out already, but you're, you're the act of drawing. So, there are a lot of intricate details in, in regards to any movement that you have in any any one of the forms or cuppas that they have. And he, there's one in particular that's incredibly difficult. And the concept behind it is, it's almost, um, and, and I'm not doing it any justice by, by explaining it here, so I'm going to try to, I mean, get to the point. It's more death without death, you know, understanding death without death. The move itself is the movement takes life, but at the same time respects life. And so it's it's a real quick movement, but it's quick, fluid, and in a way that is not just a hacking motion. So he trained for months to get to this this one movement down when he trained with these these AI masters. And he one day finally understood it, understood the concept, did the move correctly, and there was no clapping. He felt, he felt a sense of pride in accomplishing this, but he realized that, okay, there's a deeper meaning here, you know? So that's, I mean, that's the, in essence, what we're talking about here. You know, the level of attention to detail, the level of focus that goes into anything in regards to this life. And I think it's, I think it's a good uh, parallel to what I was going to say next, which is that, of course, there are people that, when I say all samurai, follow this to that level. We're saying that this is it exists as the ideal. This is what you strive for, right? That's right. And there are samurai, which we will cover, that take this very seriously. Well, sure. Just like it, there are, are knights who took the code of chivalry. Right. Or people today that have their own personal philosophies or, or shared values with other people, religious ones or social ones that they share exactly. with people. But going into this one, I think it's important because I, I just want to draw this out because I think people, and I'm saying this because it's my own personal thing. At one point in my life, before experiencing the culture and just having consumed media about it, right? Mm-hmm. I thought that, that was the way that, like, all everyone was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they were all very stoic and honorable and seppuku and, you know, write haikus before their deaths and everything. And it's like, yeah, some do. some tr- Most try. And a lot just go with whatever the bare minimum is. Now, of course, we aren't going to focus on the bare minimum, guys, because that's not damn interesting. I mean, right. <laughs> but I, I think it's important that we understand what they are striving for, because once you know what someone's goal is, you know, I mean, it's like playing any sport. Once you know where the goal is, you know how to, you can see how people are moving towards it. Yeah. And you know how to defend it. If you, you know, so it's very important to understand what they are trying to achieve. You know, these, these samurai were focused on a point. How, how interesting is it to be, would it be to be in a, in a time frame and to be so devoted to, to a cause that you would give your life for that cause. 
and it wouldn't it wouldn't think anything of it. It would be like second nature, you know. The and that's that's another thing that Bushido taught you is to be so focused on the cause, on the goal. And these the samurai when they when they would uh, when they would meditate and prepare their mind for whatever you know for the day even they went into every day knowing that they could die and accepting it and being okay with that. And I think on some on some levels, people do that today. I think I do that today. I'm not saying I wake up in the morning like I mean that's, I that's could die. a bit of a cynic. I'm I could die. I mean it really is right. Like I'm, I'm a nihilist in a lot of ways, mm. and I wake up and I'm like, well, what I got to do today because I might die. Like that's kind of like how I measure things. You know, I have to say, uh, time is not a measurement of things you have done; it is the measure of things you have left to do. And so that's kind okay. of that's why I embrace that. Like I'm not worried about the things I've accomplished. Yeah. I'm always worried about the things. That, I haven't, and what I can do to accomplish it in the time I have left. That's fair. That's definitely fair. It makes me feel kind of bad sometimes, but <laughs> uh, I think all good all good codes probably should shame you at some point. Uh, yeah, I feel like they do. You're right. Oh, so they they live these codes by these uh, temple. I'm going to call them temple tenets. Yeah. Uh, what do you call them? I'm sorry, edicts. Edicts. Yeah. So what are these edicts? What can you? How many are there? There are eight. So what what are the eight? <clears throat> so there are righteousness. Okay. Heroic courage, benevolence or compassion, respect, integrity, honor, or duty and loyalty, and then self-control. So, I mean, if we kind of go through and we talk about it, I mean, we understand the definition of words, but righteousness. To be honest throughout your dealings with all people, not from other people, but from but for yourself. So, that's, I mean, that's another thing is honesty. You want to be honest to just, like, to a fault. You want to be honest when you can to to yourself and that will actually translate out to you being honest to people to other people yeah so i mean okay great so that's 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 going to be like uh this again these are like fundamental important things so these guys are always trying to be honest about who they are and what they're doing and and who they support like all right like as in here's another statement if you made a commitment then you stick with your decision so let's say that i'm going into battle and i i i don't well, let me step back a couple of seconds. We're going to cover a samurai in this uh, in this range who is married to Nobunaga's wife, right? No, oh, so no. married to Nobunaga's sister, right? And he also happens to be yeah, I did spoonerism, right? No, yeah, I got you. He's going, he's going to flip. I <laughs> go flip it up, but yeah, he he's also yeah, he does flip. I know, but he also has the point where he he is allied to another another clan, and so. His alliance with the other clan had been established longer, had been in place longer, was more powerful than the alliance he had with Nobunaga. By right, with the older clan, so right. they're going to have some stuff go down. So, yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, this is the point. When you make when you make uh, commitments to someone, you see them through. Regardless of if you, if you feel like the other person's wrong, you make the commitment to that person. And again, to put this in like a, con- a contextual thing, because I'm, I'm having to process this. Sure. So the culture would also be that that is understood. So like you were saying, in the this, in this situation where I'm like, look, we're friends, right? But I've been friends with this dude longer. And y'all are going to go to battle. And you're like, I understand. Yeah. I got you. I know what has to happen. Like, that's kind of the way I feel like what you're trying to say here. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. It's, it's, uh, but I just want to put it in that context of they understood each other. It wasn't like, oh, now you're against me. It's like, no, I'm still your friend, but I am bound to him. All right. So you got to be honest about that. You can't just be like, no, I kind of know him. 
Oh, y'all are going to work. Damn, I got to go, yeah, man. I got to go. Yeah, no, exactly. See, on Tuesday, the battle's on Tuesday. All right, see you Tuesday. Uh, the next tenet is um, heroic courage. Heroic courage. Yeah. So you just go for it. Or is it exactly. being smart? It's like bravery. Well, I mean, must have heroic courage. <laughs> Absolutely risky. Taking risks. Uh, living life completely. Kind of how you said before. So, so bold and brave. Bold and brave, yeah. Right. Now, it's not... It's not blind, like going in there. With that's, it, that's what I, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like you're not you're not just like, well, gotta die. No, you're using intelligence to focus on what decisions you made. There's a difference between strategy and tactics. Right. There's, that's what I'm saying. There's a difference between bravery and heroism. Right. And and that's and that's kind of what they're saying here is you know the that line's the, usually called stupidity. But I mean, yeah, no joke. No, I'm being serious. I mean, like, no joke. It's like, oh, if you make a daring maneuver and you die, you're pretty fucking stupid. I mean, if yeah. you make a daring maneuver and live, you're a hero. Right. Brave in both cases. So, I mean, I don't know if it's brave in both cases. Well, that's good. You got to be pretty brave to like tackle a lion. I, I guess, maybe. but you tackle a lion with a with a net. See that I, win? That's heroic. It's like that guy was smart. You just jump out the line, like, come at me, bro. That, that's not gonna. <laughs> that's not gonna fly. No one's gonna write a book about that guy that you want to be in. Uh, that I want to read. I guarantee you, it'll say Darwin somewhere in the title. Oh, <laughs> it'll be like Darwin's mistake. Like, oh, come at me. He yelled, "Come at me, bro!" And charges the tiger head off. <laughs> they oh, found his wow. body three days later. Some of his body. Man, benevolence and compassion is the next one. So this one is an interesting tenet. They develop a power that must be used for good. Uh, they have compassion. So no villains. Well, they help their fellow man at every opportunity. So yeah, so not so much no villains, but they try to do the, the greater good for everybody. No, no. So so okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah. They can go Osmantius on. So yeah. watch me reference. So I I got I got yeah. I mean that. So I mean that that's kind of cool because that's. I mean, it's also saying, it's, it's holding true. They're saying, we want to do what's best for the most people. We want to, we want to help. We right. Want to Whatever you think the greater good is, you have to go that route. Right. Exactly. Again, ideals. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're sitting there going, like, it'd be better for me to give away my money because I'm a rich samurai. No, I don't want my cash. Or I, I could go over to that tea house. <laughs> Just fall, walk away slowly. Yeah. Shuffling. Going to the tea house. Yeah. No, no, Sorry. I get it. And then uh, respect. R-E-S-P-C-T. So the samurai already knew there was samurai. There were no, there's no reason to be cruel to other people, and there was no reason to really prove their strength. Although this this directly contradicts some of the the, the duels that happened earlier on. Right, and some of the other. I mean, again, it's very contextual. I feel like right. because if you go quickly Google, as I have done many times in the last three months. Uh, samurai myth and things like this, yeah. you'll find out that uh, samurai were not what we would consider in our modern day Western view. Well, they didn't have the same view as we have mm-hmm. of cruel and unusual. Maybe is the way to put that. Yeah. Uh, some of some of what they would do, you would definitely be like, "Oh, it's totally messed up." <laughs> you can't be going around just like cutting people down like that. It's like right. You, you you can because I mean the other thing that people have to understand is like. The, the, the One of the reasons I feel like, just with knights, the same, that people can do these kind of things, they have the time to devote to. These are not poor dudes with no money just, like, waking up in the morning in a hut going, 
well, time to devote myself to do it rather than be a former. And right. now I'm a samurai and greatly admired. No, no, most most of these dudes, 99% of these dudes, wake up in a mansion of the uh, speaking. Uh, what would be? Well, I mean, what would be considered a very nice house? Like they, they're not, they're not wanting. Food will be on the table. They will, they will be taken care of. They can afford the finer things. Maybe not the best, but you know, I mean, they're comfortably middle class, if anything. Yeah. They have land. They have servants. Most, I'm not saying all. Again, generalizations fly, but. It's just kind of funny to me because I'm like, I like the idea that people think that like anybody could be a samurai. Uh-huh. Like, because I think the other thing that we get shown a lot of is Ronin, like the, the master of samurai. Master of samurai, yeah. Who has no money and nothing to speak for himself and wears tatters and has an old sword, which of course is made by a great master, you know. But this is, that's, that's <laughs> the way, you know what Speaking I mean? He, only, he only has one sword. He can't even afford two swords. Yeah. What kind of samurai is he? And, you know, and then turn around and it's like, yeah, that happened. I mean, it, not to say they didn't exist. No one's going to say they didn't exist. Right. But at least the first dude that that dude became a samurai because of, like, yeah. either his boss or his grandfather or his dad or somebody, they were paid. I mean, yeah. That's, that's, they, they were not waking up in the morning going, well, got to make money. They, they had the time to go outside and be like, time to practice my archery. And that's true. And there's definitely a class system. Oh yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Is like these are not the guys that are making pottery in their spare time, and the you know like there's guys that make stuff and write. Of course, yeah. poetry plays a big part. And, but no, they're not. Yeah, it's not everyday dudes. If you're working a nine to five, chances of you being a samurai are mm-hmm. slim. So slim. And and well, it wouldn't have happened. And a lot of we'll also talk about that later on in the season too. Is about how the class system, how many people have actually broken through the class system. In fact, there's only been a couple of instances that I know of where they broke through the class system, and one actually was part of the unification of Japan back in the Sengoku Jidai era. Yeah, I mean, there, it happens. Like, again, no one's saying it doesn't happen. It would just be rare. That was my point. And you're right, it is rare. But the point here I was trying to make in regards to respect is that uh, there's an old adage, you know, uh, when I was growing up, I had seen, you know, there's a difference in between. Having money and feeling and, and power, and then having money and feeling that you have power. It's um, the adage is something along the lines of, "You shouldn't have to sh- say that you have money or power; it should speak for itself." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no, 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 game recognized game. You know exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know what it is like. You never like, like no one that's cool ever has to tell you they're cool. Exactly, and, and the same. Yeah. It's the same thing with that, like. A samurai doesn't have to tell you that he's a samurai. Shouldn't have to tell you he's a samurai. Right. You should know it because because you've seen it. And that also kind of directly correlates to the next tenet. The next tenet is integrity. Um, integrity. I mean, it's definitely integrity, but integrity. You know, they if I give you my word on something, I follow through with it. Period. No, or die trying, and that's the end of it. And this is one of those ideals, again, that I feel like in Western culture, we see the Japanese portrayed as, like, super, super into. Right. And they're like, no, I swore allegiance to him. So, I ha- or I, I said I would follow him anywhere, and now he's going. I must sell my house and my boat so that I can follow him. Well, I mean, there's some, there's some, okay. That's no, but I'm that's saying, that, that's, saying no, but that's what I'm saying. That's how they do it in yeah. the media. That's how you yeah. see it in the movies. It's like, people are like, oh, no. He's Japanese, so he must honor his word no matter what happens. I mean, that's that's definitely 
Yeah, that's definitely been, uh, what's the word, commercialized, Hollywoodized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, I got you. But that's the, what I'm saying. Like, the thing, the thing here with this integrity, and this is something interesting that I didn't, I didn't 100% know. I mean, I guess I knew it, but I just didn't realize it was something that was stated. It, it, instead of giving your word on something, it's if you say it. Like, today I say to you, the sky is blue. There's no question it. The sky is blue. There's no promise. Or if I said, I'll have your money to you on Tuesday next week. For that pizza you ordered yesterday. There's no, I'm not promising you that. It's already, it's, it's, a, it's a fact. Yeah, it's, it's a, fact. a fact. I'm stating facts now. Exactly. That's kind of bold. That's, that's, that's bold. I mean, it's future facts, yeah. Well, I mean, but no, I get it. But my point being that, well, you get into how facts exist and I'm not playing that game. But <laughs> the thing of this is what gets me about it. Imagine being that bold, but being that sure of yourself. Like you yeah. got to have your house in order. I mean, you do. Because you're dealing with a dude who, again, knows his code, expects the same. Like I said, the same guy that goes, look, I've been friends with you, but I've been friends with this dude longer. I know I'm married to your sister, but, you know, I'm going to have to roll with him. Right. And then he, then you're like, oh, by the way, I will give you the money I owe you Wednesday. Okay. Like, they're accepting this. You have to know. It's like, well, we're going to fight each other, but I better get my money afterwards. Right. Also, if you don't, you know what kind of motherfucker I am. <laughs> I'm coming I'm for it, yeah. I'm coming, I'm coming right. to your house. And that's legit. If I don't, I'm like, oh. That's legit. That, that's, that, I think that's what makes it so foreign here. Because, like, if we went to war, like, if we were on two sides of a faction, like, Civil War breaks out, we're on two sides of There's no way I'm paying you back money off. Like, right. I mean, right, yeah. It's exactly. like, you owe, you owe me the money. You told me you'd pay me. It's like, that's before the war, bro. Yeah. For the war, I, I bought bullets and shit. I, mean, I can't I, pay you back. I had to. I had to. It's what I had to do. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, no, war broke. That's like, you said you're going to pay me tomorrow. Yeah, I did. Right. You got me. <laughs> Damn. Oh, that darn war. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Do you like Kenshi? Because I'm going to kill him or Kataro. And I don't know which one, but I'm going to sell their shit. So tell me which one you need less. Because that's how I'm coming up with the 20 IOU. Damn. Golly. It's rough. I mean, but that, I but feel like that, right. you know, there was at least one guy out there that was like, oh, man, I don't really want to fight him because he's my friend. Yeah. That dude, though. I'll yeah, I'll him. take him. I'll take yeah. him. I'll take him. He got some nice buckles. I'll back and sell him. Pay him back. And I bet that did happen a lot. I mean, I bet it did. Uh, I mean, we'll get into it. Cause the uh, rumors of samurai headhunters. Have you heard? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, yeah, uh, it's something that I, I want I want to find out about because I I found it a few places and I did done zero research to throw a wrench into your whole show. Oh, that's pretty good. That apparently, yeah, samurai headhunters they would collect souvenirs. But I mean, it's not trophy hunters. It's not uncommon because you know, as the time period goes, the what would happen is in these big battles, you would collect as many heads as you could as. Uh, as a as saying as proof that you've actually done this deed, right? And in fact, the what would happen with would be with, with the most well known warriors mm -hmm. who might have fallen in battle, their heads would be uh, well, obviously cut off, but they would be washed and returned to the family. I was gonna say, there's a big deal. Like I, I read a few stories of like where a dude was <laughs> defeated and they were like cut off his head so they can't have. It. Like they were like, we're not giving you satisfaction. Right. Escape with Master's head. Like, yeah. what? I'm just sitting here like, no. Nah. Nah, I just want to keep my head. Yeah. General Cornwall Wallace type stuff going on. Well, and, but, the, but that's the, the, the time period. That's but the no, no, I get it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The culturally, the, the, culture. the context of historical context 
historicity and shit going on. The historicity. Yeah. The, yeah. The, okay. That's what I'm trying to figure out, right, of, of these events because I hear about them. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, no, they collected all these heads. They were like, look what we did. We wiped out all these samurai. 300 samurai dead. We got yeah. a mountain of samurai skulls. I mean... Is this true? Like, this is... Because it seems so foreign to me and from what I expect of the samurai, but then again, yeah. I'm learning all these things about it where it makes sense and maybe they were like, oh, no, I said I killed him. Guess what? Here he is. Here he is right here. He's gone. Weekend at Bernie's. Yep, he got me. Like, yeah. put it back down. Hmm. I, I, I have no idea. I'm just saying, it, it was a very foreign idea to me that you would do that kind of... Uh, uh, I don't know personally for you because I don't know how much you know about the way that the Igbo would do battle. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you know. Well, like my people, we have something called counting coup, which is where you it's more skilled to like face the enemy and touch him, or wound him, or steal from him than it is to actually kill him. Yeah, it's the last uh, last longer, right? Well, no, you just you, just, you, you like no, it's more skill because you you didn't have to. We like from we'll see later on that the samurai are not what we see in modern context avoidant of battle. They're not the kind no. they're like, we must avoid battle at all costs. It's more noble. Nah, fuck that, they won't cut you in half. Uh I think because of firearms and shit yeah. and the fact we have bows and arrows, my people were much more on the realm of like, if you can sneak up on him and take his shit mm-hmm. and like still like cut a piece off of him. Like shirt, clothes, still something he's got wearing, still his horse, whatever. You're a bad dude because you 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 what? can sneak up on the enemy. You can you can get that close to him without. And even in battle, they would do it. Like they would rip pieces off people and just be like, ah, I got your stuff. And then a lot of tribes do scalping for the same reason to prove that they you know got a kill or that they can get that close to the enemy or could have killed you. It's a reminder, like a power thing. You know, yeah. could have I could have taken your life. But well, I didn't. Well, I mean, they would do that, though. Like, they would leave, like, you know, like a shell, because abalone shells are rare up here in the plain. Mm-hmm. I mean, you find them in the dirt from where we used to have rivers or waters or whatever. But, right. but they would, like, leave something behind to let you know, like, Patchy was here. Bye. Yeah. And then, like, doo-doo, you know. Skating out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They huckle, huckleberry hound dog. Yeah. Hey, huckleberry <laughs> hound. All right. Well, I... Um, but I'm, I'm just wondering, cause like I had heard this, this total sidetrack. Like I said, I just wondered if you knew anything about the myth and how that would fit into Bushido. Of like, was that an honorable way of, cause you said they returned some heads. So that was something that was considered okay. What the heading, well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, and that kind of goes back to, to the, the mindset of the time. Right. Well, no, that's what I was getting at. So it, yeah. it falls into line with, oh, it it's does. not something I should just rule out. No, it's absolutely possible. Okay. I mean, it's absolutely possible, especially during, because the, the, there's a battle, uh, Sekigahara. The battle of Sekigahara, I think there were 180,000 samurai killed during the battle. And the first day, 80,000 80, were killed. And so the heads were cut off of the, of the body, separated from the bodies, and used to line the, um, the battlegrounds. I mean, so that's, Kind of a, a testament to say we have accomplished this. So I mean, it's not it's not too far out of the out of the realm of possibility. Just to put this like time period wise, this is when this is roughly I'm going to guess because I know the time period. Let's say within the the, the area between. So because uh, Sekigahara was still the it was still part of the unification wars is when that happened. 
Um, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I'm saying what's uh, give or take a hundred years then from American Revolution. Right. Now imagine if the British had done that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. how foreign it is. Just generally. Yeah. Like imagine you're trying to imagine what it was like for Benjamin Franklin. Now imagine that he can't even imagine. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we'll set up pikes. We'll just put all their heads around me. And inside is inbounds and outside is out of bounds. Ah, <laughs> That's I feel like it wasn't that. Wow. No, I mean, that, if they agree to it, I feel like, like there's really no other deal. You just randomly place the head. You right. know? Well, no, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. What the, I don't know if there was any. Well, we'll, we'll find out more about beheading later. I'm sure we will. So these tenants. Uh, the next tenant is honor. Honor. No. That's the one that everyone thinks that all Japanese, right? Like they have dishonored their family, so they must commit seppuku. So that's why they can't they can't spell names wrong in Japan on Starbucks. They have to be very careful. <laughs> they don't want to dishonor anybody. You, yeah, they have to worst. kill themselves in Starbucks. You're the worst. <laughs> no, I feel okay, like that's officially the worst. That's that's how people view them, though. Yeah. Like they're a really dude. How many people come up here and they're surprised that everyone doesn't ride horses? Okay, it's 2018. That's true. And they're like, where's your horse? And you're like, I don't own a horse. <laughs> no one around here owns a goddamn horse. I mean, like, people own horses. It's not rare. Yeah. But no one's riding around all day. I'm like, going to work today on their horse. <laughs> it took me six hours to get to work today. Yeah, no. Like, no. I mean, people ride horses for fun, leisure, some cowboys, sure. But they got ATVs and shit, helicopters. Right. They're not. Helicopters? Really? All right, man. I'm just saying that, like, people come here and expect that, okay? So when all they see is TV, they get weird ideas. Yeah. Um, no, that's true. So they, they, they do. I mean, because that's also the deal, right? Like, every good samurai movie, I think, has a part about honor. Right. And this is kind of a... Uh, so to understand or maybe to kind of expand on this concept is kind of is different. It's um, the, the way they view it is the only judge that a man has... Is in, of his of his character and his actions is himself. Every decision and action that he makes is a reflection of who he is. That's that it. sounds like a get out of jail free card to me personally. That, but I mean, it. I agree. No, I agree with it. But I can see the the option for abuse, right? Because you do do something, and people are like dishonorable asshole, and you're like, let me explain. Yeah. See what had happened was, I and, mean, then, and, and then they're like, <laughs> I guess. And that's all it takes for you not to have to kill yourself. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't or know if being I'm, murdered. I don't know if I'm gonna ride with you on that one. So being murdered. Speak on that. What do you What do you mean by being murdered? Well, I mean, so lots of times, from what I was reading, and correct me if I'm wrong here. Maybe you found something different in your research or right. in knowledge banks. But uh, it, when the time comes, because seppuku does exist, hmm. ritual suicide is a thing that is done by these noble families. And within the samurai clan or caste and such, right? Right. But it's usually to avoid the fact that you know you're going to get worse if they get you. True. I mean, capture is sometimes an option, but uh, most of the time it seems to be that they know that they're going to get their head chopped. True. They're going, they're, they're, they're you, it's not like someone's like, I'm winning. Then they did something dishonorable and they're like, well, I got to kill myself anyway. It's like, no, I, I, I we're losing. They're already, they're two floors below us. They're storming this castle. Yeah. Yep, better go kill myself. Bar the door, guys. Give your lives. I'll be back later. And then they're like, you know, get the blade out, wiping it down. They're like, oh boy. You know, especially yeah. like, because uh, it involves families. Like, uh, one of the things I found interesting is like the women's role in this whole thing. Like the wife of a samurai. Yeah. 
like your husband lost in battle today. It's like, oh, you probably get married, but you you happen to be present. Ah, oh, shit, you got to go kill your kids and get ready because here it comes. Yeah. And be really cool about it. Don't don't make a sound. Just yeah, take it. So I'm like, damn. That's, so that's and that's the thing. I mean, it was a way to restore your honor. Is what you're describing as a sepulchre is a way to restore your. Honor. I mean, yes, this is a way to retain your honor more than me. Well, but I'm retain not, it. Well, I'm restore just saying, it. Restore it if you if you disgrace yourself or disgrace your family. Right, because you're like, I would rather die than have that be true. I can get right. that. But what I'm saying is like, it's more restraint because if they come for you. Like, again, we go back to this don't be cruel thing. But they was into some rape and pillage and, like, the bike. Like, they, they were totally cool. They were like, they crashed your clan's party and beat you up. And then they kill you. And your wife was like, I can't kill my kids. I can't kill myself. You might want to after we leave. Yeah. It's bad. I mean, yeah, there's definitely some of that. But, I mean, there's some of that in anything. I mean, you can't, we, we can't say. No, that. no, I'm just saying, like, within, again, it's, I'm putting this, trying to put this behind the cruel and unusual thing you were talking about. Right? Oh, right. And I, and I can see that. Th- th- that was accepted behavior. Like, that was expected. It was so expected that you were supposed to kill yourself because guess what you should expect? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah but, I mean, that, that's... And, and it's sad, but that's just kind of what the time frame worked. Yeah, that's how the time frame was. They, um, yeah, they got Prima Nazca over there? I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... I'm wondering. Uh, it's disturbing, man. At Prima Nocta, I don't think ever existed anywhere. I think it was probably a rule, and somebody made it be like, be careful, or the boogeyman will get you. And they're like, be careful, or the Prima Nocta will get you. Oh, my God. This guy. So, anyway, the um, next tenet is duty and loyalty. Uh, so, and that's basically just saying that you're responsible for the things you do. Everything that you've done has a consequence or a repercussion, and you're responsible for it. You have to own it. And... You know, that's that's something that still remains true today is if in this in this philosophy, this, this Bushido is if you do something, you are responsible for the outcome of those of your actions. And when they happen, you stand by them. So they're big fans of child. Uh, <laughs> huge fans of child. No, I, I get it because like uh, you don't learn all my sayings today, folks. One of my, my other things besides the time thing has always been that people focus a lot on owning up to their mistakes, but you also have to own up to your own awesomeness sometimes. I mean, that's true. Uh, and I think that that's kind of the same thing. It's like everything you've done, right? Mm-hmm. You can't run away from it. And movies love this, right? I'm retired. We need you. Well, unretired. You know, like, <laughs> or like, did you used to be? I used to be. You know, like, he's always a retired cop or used to be a fighter or led somebody in a battle. Every yeah. Mel Gibson film ever, you know, it's like, I got to come back. Right. And although that's hilarious because, you know, I got to come back. Passion of the Christ was one of those movies. Yeah. got to come back. See, Sorry, I, was, see, I see, see what I you did there. I see what you did there. That was good stuff. Well, like in The Patriot yeah. where he's like, you, you you killed all of them. That man's gone. It's like, oh, you need him? I'm back. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. That's kind of the thing I'm thinking of. Or like the new Rambo movie where he's like, yeah, I'm still gonna kill him. Uh I don't I don't know. It feels that way to me. I mean I, I can see that. But whatever. Whatever. I mean I, I could I, again I could see it. It's not it's not like it's out of the run possibility there. But uh, again, you know, the idea is whatever you do has a reaction what and there's a cause and effect. And whatever the cause was, you deal with the effect. 
Right, but, but that's what I'm saying. But if you become a badass warrior, yeah, how hard is it to walk away from that? Like, say you become, uh, you know, the greatest samurai that ever lived. So I feel like, or you become like uh, Masamune, and you're like the greatest sword painter. Mm-hmm. Like, can you just be like deuces? I'm not making swords no more. It's like, no, no. You have a duty. Yeah. To make and I think these that's goddamn more swords. You have a duty to fight this battle. It's like. But it's like, no, you are the best warrior. You walking away from this is. No, no, Check, check all the A boxes. Dis. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, shit, I gotta do it because this. So this is kind of like, I feel like the check and balance with honor. Because honor looks like, I get to choose my own honor. It's like, right. But. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's the thing. Is you're not gonna. You're not going to. In fact, I don't know any retired summer. I don't know that I've ever heard that term used. Uh, no, no. It, well, I mean, they don't quit being samurai, obviously, because it's, right. it's a class. I think more than anything, because right. I will, I will argue, I would argue that that there's some that that make it to old age and die naturally. Yeah. Why? In fact, some of the best samurai, as you would expect, right? <laughs> exactly. But there's there's dudes. Uh, yeah, I'm th- I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, there's there's quite Miyamoto. Musashi, Musashi lived to be like whatever, died naturally, right? Right. Was just training, wrote the Book of the Five Ring. I'm going to call that retired. Uh, I mean, for back of, for lack of a better term, yeah, I could see. I mean, he quit samurai in the major sense. Like, you, of course, are never done. Like I said, because it's a life thing. I mean, he was still but, a practitioner, though. Again, because it's, it's a life philosophy. Like, so, let's also talk about this. He also... In the time that he wrote the Five Rings, he was actually, um, I do believe he was transitioning to a monk at that point in time. Yeah, he was living, he, he was a, a hermit kind of a deal going yeah. on. He was still training people sometimes, but not more in that new style that he's taken on. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, and one of the things we're not going to talk about right away that maybe we should is Shinto. Uh, because Shinto is really built in. A lot of these styles are going to be Shinto styles. Mm-hmm. When it comes to schools of sword arts, they use, I don't know. Good point. Uh, but, yeah, so they, they do these different things. And, uh, you know, the idea of Zen Buddhism and Shinto is maybe something we should touch on and look at. Because, well, I think we have to. Uh, it really does play a part into this culture, too. It's a little bit foreign to us. It's, you know, we see the Zen garden be a desk, a little rake and rock, and we're like, oh, yeah, this is calming. Yeah. And it, it's kind of like these... Tenets, these ideals, these edicts. Mm-hmm. It's more than you think. It's different than you think because I mean, you're, a hell of a you're, look, you're looking at it from a different place and different point in time. And your frame of reference is movies. Right. I mean, that I'm saying that my own personal, like, movies, books. Mm-hmm. Even the ones from Japan, like I said. Even if you're watching Kurosawa, you're watching his idea of a samurai. Even if you're reading Lone Wolf and Cub, the story of that samurai, of the samurai he faces, it's not what was. What was. Yeah, yeah. it's not what was. I mean, it, so it's different. I mean, it's definitely that. I, I think it's going to be weird. Anyway, continue. Okay. Well, yeah, no worries. Because you, you just finished up on duty, right? Yeah, so the, the last tenet is one of the more, I think, more profound ones. Like, this is the one that, for me... Why do I feel like that means abstract? <laughs> Maybe a little. But this is the one, for me, that's, like, the most difficult to to uh, personify or to, to uh, yeah, well, to uphold. 
it's it's difficult no because what you say? He said no fat. No fat. Oh my god, no. <laughs> it, it, well, yeah, I guess it could go into this. It's difficult because you know we all have this idea. We all have desires, and to be in this class and to be able to do virtually what you want to do, like you are in, you're the ruling class. Uh, samurai is the ruling class of Japan during this time, and so self control is the tenet. Self control. You have to be able to have enough resolve and enough um, enough forward thinking, enough ability to restrain yourself from taking advantage of opportunities that you have. No prima nocta. No prima nocta. All right. Correct. So I mean. <laughs> Okay, you got me on that one. You got me. Uh, I wasn't expecting you got me. So, but I mean, it's true, right? Like that sort of thing is what they're talking about. Yeah, like you're a samurai, you get away with a lot of stuff. Like you, you can kick people and like kneel and stuff. And yeah. Like no, I don't want to. Like you want me to command chaos? Yeah, command chaos. Command yeah. chaos. Mm-hmm. They didn't have root command chaos back then. They like, that command. Hold on, command chaos. Hold on, destructo dis their head off. You could just like destructo yeah, dis their head off, do that. and they're like, they'd have to be cool with it because you're a samurai, right? So you can go out to like the like the rice patties and be like, mm, wonder if my sword's sharp today. Slash, cut the dude down. Sure is. And be like, guess so. Put it back in. And uh, that's that's awful. I mean, it's awful, but it wouldn't be allowed. Let me ask you that because I've also heard this myth. Where I'm going to ask him miss every time I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the thing is they had, they were the ruling class. So they had absolute autonomy in, in terms of things they were able to do and what they couldn't do. So these are Braveheart, English noble type. Yeah. All right. And they, they got that ability. You know, these are edicts that were put in place to say, to say, Hey, look, I mean, the way of the warrior still lives on in the code of Bushido, but the underlying thing here is they still had the power to do what they wanted, essentially. Right. They have to have, you have to have these rules because you're so powerful. Like, it's almost, it's almost shaming you into doing the right thing. Oh, you're so great. You're so, you're so powerful. You're so merciful. Why, why worry about this, you know, pathetic person? Don't kill him. It's like when you see that in movies. It's the same way. They're like, oh, you're you're so powerful. You're so good. You gotta, you gotta have self-control and honor. Because if not, you just be rampant out of control like demigod. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I can do that. I have another question for you. Go ahead. So they have these rules and these edicts. Now these come from, I guess, where? Where is the root of these? Do you know? So what do you mean? So obviously, like we were talking about at the beginning, I know that these were codified eventually, but the codification actually is pretty close to after the end yeah. of the shogunate. Mm-hmm. So before they existed, were they? What? How were these administered? I guess is the question. Where do they come from? Was there somebody? Because my research, just to tell you where I'm, where I'm coming from, was uh, things like the clans and the house rules. Right. So, kind of to answer your question, Bushido itself was actually around as early as 721. Right. No, no, I, I get the, the, the... Okay, so go ahead. But, Maybe I'm... So, 721, but they were loosely... They were loose edicts, and like you're saying, they didn't really become codified until late, much later on. But they were they were spoken mostly in practice. You know, not so much written down. So they're not laws. Like, we think about the, the idea of laws, and then you take something that you learn, like the Ten Commandments, that's not actually enforced 
because of the Ten Commandments, but because there are laws that go along with it. Right. It's, I mean, that's exactly right. I'm, I'm just trying to put it in terms I can understand. I'm yeah. not. No, no, that's, I, and I feel like, but thank you for asking, because that's exactly right. Bushido itself is, is more of, uh, over time it became codified, but to begin with in its earlier state, in its earlier stages, it was more right. Of it's a, more of a great social agreement. Like people come together and right. say, "Look, the social guys, yeah. we as samurai, if we're going to rule, we got to have some rules for ourselves." Exactly. Now we can be pretty cool about it and chill, but look, if we don't do everything the right way, people are going to get upset. Uh, upset, yeah, and overthrow us. I mean, because you 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 think about it, you've got um you've got a, a, a hell of a lot of these these folks who are around the samurai. Well, I mean, but it's they're just, not doing they're not doing the work in the fields. They're not doing any of that stuff. You know who is? The farmers. Well, that's, peasants. What, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I have a theory that all the rule, whenever the ruling class make rules for themselves, it's to make sure that they stay the ruling class. That's, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like, yeah. no, no one that's in charge makes rules for themselves to not be in charge. I mean, yeah, why would you? I, that I, wouldn't I, make any sense. You might give away some power, but it's mostly to keep people happy, not give away your power. Right. You know, like, I'm still in charge. Even if I have half the power I used to have, I still have total power. Right. Because what's a smaller part of Infinity when you're like the Emperor? Now, eventually, we see that you can't lose all of it and you're giving it back to you. It's true. Which is how you lose. But they lose it and then they're giving back some, not drain themselves. The other other thing, I guess, that I want to understand is, like, these house rules, these clan rules, they're employee-employer kind of relations because I think a lot of people forget that while they are part of the ruling class, they're subsets. You know, you got lower middle class, middle class, upper middle class, right? right? They still exist within this level. Obviously, they report to somebody. Sure. And because of that, like, he reports to somebody. Shogun. Shogun, big yeah. CEO, takes care of things. And of course, he has stakeholders too, but not. Damio, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. C-level executives underneath the president CEO. I like how you're like taking this discussion and making it a, um, what What do they call that? Um, oh, an organizational chart. Like yeah, that. yeah, I'm trying to flow yeah. chart right here, all right? Yeah. And then the samurai are obviously like division heads. So my question is this. The house rules work for like, look, you work for me, this is what you want to do. I expect you to act this way, behave this way, because this is what helps me. Okay. And then the clan rules are like, so you work in, you work in human resources? Yeah, well, in human resources, we don't have casual time. Like, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, as you go up the chain, like, people set rules. So the Shogun says something, that, that's, that's Bushido. That you doing that because he says that's what you do. That's what Samurai do. He is the Samurai. So, yes, I mean, I, I'm sure that the, the Shogun actually had the ability to... I'm not saying he didn't. I'm just saying, like, this, for my clear, I'm not saying that there was one dude passing down Bushido. Right. I'm saying that they had this code, and you have these things like honor, not honor, what's honorable. I say this is honorable. He says that's honorable. This is my duty. This is my loyalty. Mm-hmm. The, before they had this unified code, which is actually after like the samurai had most of the battles, they existed on more of an agreement basis. Like, look, you want to be a samurai? There's, like, it's like the mafia. Yeah. Like, if you want to be a made man, you got to do some stuff. Right. And you got to follow some rules. It's not just, oh, I'm a samurai, I swing my swords and run around and ride my horse and no. do whatever the hell I want. That's some Don Quixote stuff. Right. No, no, but I'm saying they didn't, they didn't just have like, well, these were the basic things that samurai did. No, no, no. They all understood them. They were all taught them. Right. They're all raised. It's like us looking back at older forms of religions or philosophies. We know what they believe. 
because we know what they did and what they wrote and how they acted. Right. And yes, what we hold today as epistemology isn't the epistemology that was practiced 400 years ago. Right. Same thing we say. It's like, yes, Bushido exists today, but it is a living, breathing, evolutionary ideal, mm-hmm. just like any other thing that's still going on that has a history. It's had amendments and, you know, addendums and indexes and everything added to it because of it. So when we say that this was Bushido, it's like, well, well, but in 1642, it's like, yes, because the Bushido we're talking about isn't the Bushido that they had. They didn't pull out a rule book and go, nope. Right. Under subsection 16, paragraph 8, I am not allowed. <laughs> you know, they, there was right. nothing like that. It was more of an agreement for them to be like, look, we, we've got to be reasonable rulers, reasonable nobles. And what can only hope, yeah. Well, I mean, but that was the idea. I'm not saying everyone did it yet again, but just like, they were like, you can't just drop trowel and take a shit in the streets and then have somebody clean it up, like, immediately. That That's not going to work. That's, people are not going to like that. No, people would not like that at all. So they're like, we, we've got to have some reasonable rules. And eventually they got to the point and they were like, okay, the nobles were making rules for themselves. And they were like, yeah, no prima nocta. So it was good. I just want to understand, like, I think the people here at Bushido, there's two groups of people. People that are like, well, they they know what they're talking about, and they're like, well, well, Bushido didn't exist before this time period. It's like, no, I get that, that like, I get books were published, the Soul of Japan made, da 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 This was the presentation that was made to the outside world, and the Japanese were just like, we're, we're Japanese. You know, what, what, what were you talking about? No, that's just what we do. Like, but that's, that, <laughs> that's because you have two different perspectives looking at it. I'm just, I'm trying to understand here, man. Because no, I feel like people are going to get upset. Either way, they're going to be like, Bushido didn't exist, or how How do you know they held all these rules? It's like, well, but because we, we, we actually have documents and records. And yeah. And, I, they mean, wrote I, books. I mean, I get it. And I think that it's a fair question for them to ask is, you know, how do you know about these records? How do you know these are actual events? Uh, how do you know these? Well, how actual? do you know that Bushido, what we're talking about is Bushido, apply to somebody like, uh, no, but not. Uh-huh. You know, how do you know that? Because it seems like what you're saying is a modern invention that you're trying to apply backwards. Like, that's the argument I see people... And I, and I think that's a fair argument, but in in that definition is exactly the answer. You know, in that statement is the exact definition. You're not, you're not so much applying... You're not taking something that's a current uh, process and procedure and applying it backwards, but you are taking this... It, it's like... So, it, it's kind of like how... In some calculus formulas, you have the answer, and you work backwards to solve to figure out how you right. got it. No, no, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I view it, the way I view it is like the Constitution. Yeah. We had the Constitution, and then we had, we had the Bill of Rights, and we had right. amendments, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same way. It's like, oh, no, no, no. But, like, something I did 200 years ago would have been under, the, the other amendments didn't exist. So, right. you know, boom. That's a really good way to call So, it. I'm like, yes, did were they acting constitutionally? Oh, at the time, yeah. Yeah. That's the answer, at the time. And I think it's the same way with Bushido. Like, we're the, well, they're not acting with Bushido like you guys just described. At the time. Yeah, at the time they were. Before they, before it became codified, because when it was house rules, like, you're in my house, follow my rules. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's essentially how it was. That's, a, I mean, that's where it came from. And it was like, it's just like a board game. Like, we talked about Monopoly. They took the most common rules, and they were like, you know, when you're over there, you can't do this. Right. When you're over here, you're allowed to do this. They're like, oh, those are both good. Right. I'm going to adopt them. And eventually they just get adopted until they're nearly universal. Because no one auctions properties in Monopoly. 
And right. It's not right. Right. So. No, I know, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. So like there were rules like we're talking about this like duty and they were like you never go back. You have to always do. Okay. Well, there's some exception here. Like we, sure. you can't go back unless it's like you're supposed to auction the houses, but mm-hmm. so I think that's I just wanted to be clear because that's really confusing to me is like that I know and not only did I read, but I know because I read and saw and yes, the idea that we have modernly comes from movies which come from books that were written at the turn of the century. Right. Before that, it existed in an ether, but it doesn't mean that it didn't. Just because someone wrote it down doesn't mean it came into existence right then. And that's it's the, not a story. It's not a fictional thing that somebody creates. It's an abstract that somebody attempts to describe. Right. So, just to be clear, that was it. Oh, can I ask you one more samurai myth? I'm going to have samurai I like, myth. I feel like that's absolutely okay. So... This is a big one, and people ask this. I saw this online. All these are from online. Samurais are allowed to draw their swords if they don't draw blood? So, okay, so here's how that works. Anytime you draw the blade, you're supposed to draw blood. That's what, that's, 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 that's the myth that's, I've, I've heard. Like, but that's, how I, that's what I've heard in training as well, is if you draw the sword, you draw the blade. So how do you blood. practice? It's different. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, so like it's, in Western, in what the, the myth that, that the IC repeated is like, that's the question. Mm-hmm. That's the context in which people understand it. I get what you're saying. If you draw the don't, it's like your gun. Yeah. If, if you have a gun nowadays, you know, concealed carry, what have you, mm-hmm. open carry, don't pull it unless you're going to use it. That's always, you should never, you should never pull your gun out of the holster unless you're going to pull the trigger. So they're taking that same philosophy, is what you're saying. Exactly. Now, but if I'm at home dry firing, right, running through my unholstering drills, getting my shirt out of the way and stuff, no one expects me to have to shoot my wall, right? Well, right. I mean, but but but, but with samurai because it's so foreign, and they have these concepts of honor and duty, and like the idea that the samurai pulls it, he's like, I can't draw blood, so he like hopes himself, puts it back in. No, it's like I drew blood, like wins on the technicality. Yeah, no, no. Okay, so I mean that's extreme, but so so no, I don't believe that was happening. But what I what I will say is, uh, I also heard that in that's a, that's also a Korean uh, martial art thing as well. Is or it's translated over there. So if you draw a blade in the house, you draw. Or if you draw a blade, you draw blood. But but samurai, like if you're cleaning it or showing it to somebody or having it inspected for whatever reason, yeah. you know whatever you got sword coming out, but not in battle. Right. There's no there's no blood that needs to be drawn. Right. But it's more of an honor thing. So if you go to a duel, it's like the duel thing. Like with old guys, we're gonna do show on duels, gender yeah. duels. But like you pull the pistols out. Right. You know. Two paces. Yeah. Yeah. You you're expected to shoot each other. Oh uh, yeah. You, you're not you're not expected to just be like shoot in the air and be like, I give up. No. It's like no no. Like you pull your blood. Okay. No, I'm I'm asking because it's a real myth I saw on the internet. If they draw their sword at all, they have to draw blood. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's definite validity to that. Which is in if they draw it, and it's about anger and stuff. But I'm right. assuming it's like don't draw it just to be like a badass and be like I got a fucking sword. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't a gun nowadays, or you know, to be like, oh, you really want it? If you right. don't, if you're not going to bring it, like, yeah. don't pull it and then be like, that's what I thought. Put it back no. in. No, as I was just saying, is you shouldn't. If you're not going to use it, don't pull it out. Don't pull it out. Exactly. But if you're just at home, bring my sword. Wait a minute, did I wipe that dude's brain matter off? This hold on, and you check. Yep, did. Yeah. You're not like, oh shit, I guess I'm losing my thumb. Got to cut it off to draw blood. <laughs> no. Okay. I want to be clear because that's yeah. that's like what people are thinking. 
Yeah, not that quickly. They come to Texas and expect people to ride horses. Yeah. And they go to Japan and expect anybody that opens a sword. Could you imagine the dude at the store shop? He looked like Mr. Zaz from from, from <laughs> Victor Zaz from from Batman, just covered in scars because he's just like, huh, this one's really good. It's like, how much is it? Four fifty. Ooh, I can't afford that. All right, hold on. <laughs> cut, cut his, cut, just like stab himself in the foot and be like, all right, yeah. what about this one? <laughs> no. 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 Okay. Not like that at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep asking Miss like every show. I want you to know that. And I think that's absolutely okay. I because think that's part of what we try to do here. But there's some really small ones that's not worth doing. And I don't want to do just a Miss show. But it's interesting to me because I Google how I find things. Mm-hmm. I Google and I start reading sources, or I go to Wikipedia and start reading some of these discussions and forum pages and everything. There's a lot of weird things I've never heard of before that I don't know if they're real or not. Yeah, I'm happy to explore them and maybe answer those that I can. But even though this is episode one, technically we already have corrections. Oh, that's right, we do. Um, the first one uh, I'll let you take because it was your mistake. Okay, so the first one and you was, you you prefaced this, so I'm not calling it. I'm I, does not go on the scoreboard. Oh, thank you. So unforced error. So I had um I had. Confused last episode. I, I confused the, the. I reversed last episode. I reversed. Let's try this one more time. Last episode, I reversed Muramasa and Masamune, the blades that we were talking about, and the story of which which blade was the destructive blade in the path of the river. So it turns out that the Muramasa blade was the blade that avoided that that avoided being. Yeah, boy. I hope you said that right. You should just Fuck stop with I reverse with I reverse it. <laughs> now you're like, wait a minute, which one did oh, I say was which? I know, right? <laughs> no, we'll leave it. So no, in the story, yeah, you told you just reverse the names of which sword do which what, which is easy because they were actually student teacher, and that was the battle. Was he was the finest sword maker, and then finally, you know, the student surpassed the teacher, mm-hmm. and they went and had this battle to see whose sword would uh, win. Right. Uh. So, one of the things that I have to correct, or rather, I'd rather discuss a little bit further, because I hinted at what I was trying to get at, but you guys listen to the show, you know, I don't always get to my point, <laughs> which was the katana on horseback and saying cavalry. Now, I, in there I said mobile infantry, but they weren't really cavalry, they're mobile infantry or mo- mobile or artillery. Okay. And I stick by that point, because uh, the true point of the katana is, of course, that it's smaller than the sword that it came they came before. So it has a quicker draw. It can be used on foot, but it can also be used on back. The curve of the blade does allow it to work like a saber or scimitar, although it's not a saber or scimitar because it doesn't come from Europe or the Middle East. So, right. um, But it has the same function on horseback with the shape of the blade because you're not meeting full contact with the surface. You have a limited contact, so your pressure is applied over a smaller area throughout the motion. I'm explaining with my hands, and someone's like, I get it. But but the point being that, like, hold your hand out flat and clap. That's that's what would happen if you had, like, a straight sword. And then if you curve your hand back and touch it, you'll see that it rolls and you have less contact point throughout. So it's like a wheel contacting the ground. Um, The other thing is the horses. The horses that most samurai use throughout the history of samurai warfare are Japanese horses. Yeah. Which are almost ponies in some cases. Given, of course, you know, people are going to say, oh, because Japanese are small. No. The horses, okay? 
because uh, dude's also got armor on with weapons. He weighs more than right. Uh, the issue being that the horses were mostly used not as cavalry, like in the sense of cavalry charges. They did have, but they were more of a transport, battlefield transport. You quickly get from one area to the next. Mm-hmm. Now you could fight from back. They of course did. They had Polans. They used Naganata. Such the right. uh, Nari, you know, like there's weapons they could use. So I just wanted to clarify that. Uh, the real point in the katana that I could pinpoint why it changed from what came before it. Tai Chi is the sword that oh, came before. Tai Chi. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Mongols, Mongols and boiled leather armor. Uh, that's the answer as to why they got a better blade. Um, the other thing is archers. Archers do exist for much of uh, the samurai's history. However, the period we're talking about. We run into something weird, which is the matchlock and fire. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, they play a big part, then, especially after the opening. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to hit on that. Samurai are archers. During this time period, we will not see them used like that so much because they're there, but they still practice the skill. Um, and they do it. And their bows are very interesting. The U is a very interesting bow. It's actually a very advanced bow, in my opinion. But I agree. That's just because... It's a laminate composite bow that's just amazing. And it's definitely, uh, anybody that knows anything about archery and horseback archery, you look at the bow, you know it's made to be shot from the horseback. And that's because it's asymmetrical. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of an asymmetrical bow, that is that the arms are of different lengths and sizes, is to maneuver it on a horse. That's a good point. When you're, when you're standing on the ground, you don't need one side to be shorter than the other. No. That's why long bows work the way long bows work. And that's why these bows work the way they do. So I guarantee you, it was shocking like that. Uh, that's it. That was our corrections and explanations. Because I do mess up from time to time. And Shalom occasionally mixes up which swordmaster is which. Uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, uh, it's going to happen. I have a feeling. Uh, hopefully not too much more, but yeah. But we'll, we'll be back. We're going to be back with Samurai. Real Samurai. Yes. Next time we'll come back with actual a name. Indeed. Who? I don't know. Oh, mystery. Maybe the greatest samurai of them all. As SNK would say, the king of fire.